Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me for this fantastic episode of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast is my Monday Morning Monorail family. Starting with the person diagonally across the table from me, it's... Samantha Monorail. It is Samantha Monorail. Welcome back to the Monorail, Sam. Thank you. Across from her is... That cup of bacon grease. The cup of bacon grease. Ew. That's gross. I mean, I'm the cup that you can sacrifice for bacon grease. (laughs) It's McKenna Monorail. Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. Where have you been? Working. Lame. I know. I have have a job. Get your priorities straight. I have to make money. And then sitting across from me is... Chick-fil-A nuggets 128 count. (laughs) Wow. So last week you were filet mignon, and now your Chick-fil-A nuggets 128 count. Is that an upgrade from filet mignon? I think so. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Weird. I guess it depends on where the filet is coming from. It's Chick-fil-A mignon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Wow. Well, today is Monday, August the 26th. This is episode number 71 of the Ooh. Monday Morning Monorail podcast. And we are just coming off of the D23 Expo weekend over in Anaheim, California. We were all very nervous. Well, at least I was. I won't speak for you all. I was pretty nervous going into this weekend because one thing that we knew was going to happen was we were going to get some uh, announcements about what's going to be changing and how Epcot's going to be transforming in the near future. Yeah. So I was anxious to hear these announcements and we heard them. And I think we came out okay, but we're going to talk through them and see if you guys feel the same. I think there's some good and there's some bad. There's always good and bad, though. Yeah, and I think we need to try to be positive. Nothing we can do about it. So let's try to embrace these things. As long as Figment stays, we'll all be in good shape. Yay, Figment. (laughs) I don't know if um, the changes are going to be bad necessarily until we really understand what's happening because some of it was a little confusing it's a little confusing but i'm going to try to talk it through with you guys and and let's just start with that so because this was really kind of the big headline coming out of d23 is what is epcot transforming into um we know that it's kind of losing a little bit of its old personality some of the things in future world have been training changing around there have been a lot of rumors about things possibly going away and we've seen things go away like the universe of energy turning into the guardians of the galaxy coaster. And, you know, of course, wonder of life sat empty forever. And now it's going to be the Disney play pavilion Mm -hmm. and we're getting a space restaurant. All kinds of things are happening. And we just wondered, are these signals that the whole idea behind what Epcot is supposed to be is going to be changing? So you can tell me if you think so. I kind of think it is. (laughs) And I saw some funny jokes on Twitter about what they should call the place now. 
We'll talk about that in a minute. Epic universe. (laughs) (laughs) It's even worse. So now I'm reading, this is just uh, the paragraph from the Disney Parks blog coming out of the announcements, but they say, also at Walt Disney World Resort, we've got big plans for our multi-year transformation of Epcot with new experiences that will make the park more Disney, more family, more timeless, and more relevant to the millions of guests who visit each year. Now, we've read that before, and I didn't like that paragraph. I still don't like that paragraph. Yeah. It, it, that is what makes me feel anxious. Yeah. Epcot is already Disney. It's, you and can't it's get timeless. more Disney. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, but they're going to try. And here's what they're doing. The park will be unified with four neighborhoods that each celebrate a unique aspect of what makes Epcot so special. World Showcase will continue to celebrate culture, cuisine, architecture, and traditions from around the world. And where Future World currently stands, there will be three new neighborhoods springing up. World Nature, World Discovery, and World Celebration. So that's the first thing. So I'm going to let that kind of marinate with you for a minute. And just kind of think about what that means. Because I worry a little bit about world discovery and world nature. I mean, world celebration, I've kind of already accepted the fact that we're basically a big chunk of future world is going to be like a holding area for all the festivals we have throughout the year at Epcot. And I kind of feel like world celebration is going to be serving some of that purpose. But world nature, that immediately makes you think of the area where the land is and the sea. Yeah. So what does it mean to what's going to happen over there? Are they safe because of that or changes? And then world discovery is the side where we're going to have the guardians of the galaxy coaster, the space restaurant, um, and the new play pavilion. So I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, it still seems like it's in the idea of, Science progress, I guess. What do you I think? Hope. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like change sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get nervous about change, especially in the parks. It does make me feel somewhat anxious because I just don't. I don't want the things I love to go away. I'd rather them just add things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I just I really need like to see it because I don't know if I can go down this whole. Like, imagining what it might be. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Well, and they are going to have that. Um, they're going to be using the Odyssey to show us, like, what's going to be changing at Epcot. Um, I think they're going to be setting up a, a display there to show you, you know, what are the plans, when are things happening, and all that kind of stuff. What's so, going to happen to Figment? Well, Figment actually sits in the World Celebration section. So, Journey into Imagination is part of World Celebration. And now they didn't specifically say anything about Journey into Imagination in all of the announcements, but in some of the artwork, people are carrying like figment plushies and things. So, you have to imagine that means he's okay, but I don't know. But here are some specific changes that are going to be happening pretty soon. First of all, this was a pretty big one, and we, and we got a, some hint of this on the opening night of D23, kind of during the preview, there's going to be a Moana attraction coming to Epcot, and it's called um, The Journey of Water, inspired by Moana. It's going to be the first experience inspired by the hit Walt Disney Animation Studios film, and it says, this lush exploration trail will invite you to meet and play with magical living water, 
The water will have a life of its own, just like just like Moana's friendly ocean, and you'll learn about the importance of the natural water cycle. So I guess that would be in nature. That's right? going to be, yeah, that would have to be in world nature. And it is. It's, it's underneath the world nature section. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. I mean, hopefully, um, I think that's just going to be an addition. I don't think it's going to replace anything because world nature does say that um, it will include the land and seas with Nemo and Friends Pavilion. So those oh. aren't going away, or at least right now. They are adding a video called Awesome, or a movie called Awesome Planet to the Land Pavilion, and it's going to debut in January 2020, and it will showcase the beauty, diversity, and dynamic story of the planet. Okay. So, in addition to the Land Pavilion. I don't know. I think the Moana thing sounds interesting. So, I wonder, I think when we heard about some of the changes to Epcot, they said something about some sort of a water trail that we didn't really understand, and that must be what this, this is. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to see, and I don't think it sounds bad, but I also am known as someone who doesn't mind change in the pot stirrer, so. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm good with this, I, and I like Moana, and if it is really kind of talking about, like, the water cycle, I think that's cool, because we're bringing some education into it, so that's good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't have any reason to hate it. Um, I, th- I think it will be cool. Yep. See, I like Epcot for what it is, but I also think that maybe this is a way that they're going to try to do the whole teaching thing just in a way that will make kids more interested. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I hope so. Yeah. Because, I mean, every little kid loves Moana. Yeah, I love Moana. I, I, like I love movie. Moana, too. <laughs> I think it's a great movie, and I would love to see the water cycle because I think learning's fun. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Maybe this is just their way of trying to reach out to the next generation. Maybe so. Let's talk about world discovery for a minute. So in world discovery, stories about science, technology, and intergalactic adventure come to life. So that's where Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind comes in. Um, This is interesting. So the adventure starts in the Galaxiarium, a planetarium-like exhibit that explores the similarities and mysteries of the formation of Earth's galaxy and Xandar. You'll be invited to learn more about the treasures Xandar has to share until the moment when the Guardians of the Galaxy arrive and adventures across the cosmos ensue. The attraction will feature a new innovation from Walt Disney Imagineering, a storytelling coaster that rotates 360 degrees to focus your attention on the action, including the first ever or the first reverse launch on a Disney coaster. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Sounds exciting. It does. We love Guardians. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, it does seem like they're being thoughtful about where things go. Like, having it sectioned by neighborhoods and stuff. They're being thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, Of course, we know about the uh, space restaurant, which will be called Space 220. They say it will be a culinary experience featuring the celestial panorama of a space station, including daytime and nighttime views of Earth from 220 miles up. You'll board a special elevator for a journey to a space station that's home to an incredible dining experience. Along the way, viewports will give you a real-time perspective as you travel high above the planet. Once you arrive, you'll enjoy fantastic meals and drinks while taking in views that are truly out of this world. Wow. That's supposed to open this winter. 
It sounds cool. I'm excited about the restaurant. Yeah. That seems like it would fit in Epcot. Yeah, I agree. That That's perfect. I have no problem at all with that. Mm-hmm. The Play Pavilion will open in time for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. In this digital metropolis, you'll discover an interactive city bursting with games, activities, and experiences that connect you with friends, family, and beloved Disney characters, both real and virtual, like never before. As part of this pavilion, you'll have a chance to help legendary fashion icon Edna Mode on her quest to rid the world of uninspired style, or make a splash competing in a water balloon fight hosted by Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. Oh, that's cool. interesting. It's, I mean, it sounds like a lot of IP around the park so far, though. Yeah. yeah. And there are a lot of people who don't like IP. That's right. But I don't mind it. So. I mean, I don't know. I don't like them, but I feel like I can't hate on it. Yeah. No. But I like every one of the characters that they're putting in there so far, or the, the movies mm. and shows and stuff. Me too. I'm excited about that. I like IP. I just always feel like I wish Epcot didn't have to have it. Yeah. Because it, was, it wasn't it was supposed to. And now, of course, it's never we're never going to go back to a time where it, when it doesn't. Um, I think Bob Chapik has shown his colors and that if he can put IP in something, it's going to happen, which makes me still worry about what might happen with the Imagination Pavilion. But um, we'll see. It's time for a fifth park. That's right. The uh, IP park. The IP park. So let's talk about World Celebration. World Celebration. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) World Celebration will offer new experiences that connect us to one another and the world around us. The iconic Spaceship Earth will remain a voyage through time as the journey transforms to reflect the power of storytelling to unite the human experience. New narration and an entirely new musical score will focus on the moments and ideas that define our story. You will follow a magical story light that brings the entire experience to life in dynamic ways, giving each scene energy and beauty that ties the entire journey together. This is what we've been talking about with the makeover of Spaceship Earth that is probably going to cause it to be shut down for two years. It's a whole new thing. I think it just sounds like the whole... It's getting a makeover from top to bottom. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm not that mad about it. I mean, I'm... I liked what it was before, but if it's going to be like a little light, like maybe a, a sentient light that flies around and teaches us about things, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to see how they execute it. I, I don't like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Spaceship Earth as what it is. It goes through important moments in history. Through and communication. Through communication, not... Yeah. I mean, storytelling's cool. I love a good story. But I don't want them to take some of that stuff away because it's really important to learn about some of that stuff. Well, I think I'm story- pretty sure it's going to be the same thing, but with a twist. I think storytelling leaves the door open that some of the stuff that we really enjoy could stay, which, you know, I think about... I know Old Man Frank is um, already... You know, putting his thoughts out there that as long as they don't touch the Sistine ceiling, he's going to be happy, um, which that could be considered storytelling, right? That right. paintings are storytelling. I don't want them to take away Rome. Yeah. Why would, re- why would they? Because this is going to be about storytelling. The burning of Alexandria was like, sure, it's a 
bunch of things that we lost, but is that really necessarily storytelling? Yes. I think by storytelling, it means it's going to tell us the story of all these things. See, I don't get that. I don't think so. I think it's the something original else. is storytelling. It's telling us the story of communication. Right, right. But this is focusing on the fact that storytelling is what connects our human journey. And it's going to, I think oh, the, different, I see. the different scenes are going to be about how we tell stories through time. Hmm. Mm. That's so, you know, so this kind of reminds me of sometimes I grow my hair out really long and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go chop it all off. And then I do. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate it. Mm -hmm. And then about a week later, I love it Mm -hmm. and I'm fine with it. And I figure out how to fix it and work with it. You feel like that's what's going to happen here? Maybe. It'll be like a haircut. You just got to get used to it. Yeah. We're going to, it's going to be like they're throwing us in a freezing cold pool. And there's going to be some shock and discomfort. But once you get in there and swim around, you realize it'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah. I guess change is something I'm a little more optimistic on because I like change. Mm-hmm. I don't want things to stay the same forever because that gets boring. Yeah. Because nothing stays the same forever. I've just accepted that. I mean, that's a very... Everything's temporary. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good way to look at things. I'm more along the lines of I don't like change for the sake of change. If things are working and people are having a great time and enjoying what we have, why does that have to change? Why not add to it instead of change? Unless something is falling apart or totally outdated, which I don't think is totally true about Spaceship Earth. I feel like they could fix like how long it takes for the uh, future thing to load. Oh, yeah. They it- could renovate that. <laughs> I wish they would just update it. You know, just new animatronics and stuff. That's all. That's all I wanted. Just an update. Well, I don't want it to be wiped clean. It's going to be a pretty rewritten. big update, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of nervous. I wonder who the new narrator is going to be. Tim Curry. <sighs> that would like be pretty Morgan cool. Freeman. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. That's See, that's like, um, of course, like he would be a good narrator. But like, who would you love to hear? David like, what, Tennant. What? Oh, I would take that. Yeah, no, that'd Tennant's be cool. really cool. Yeah. I don't know. Hasn't, and hasn't he narrated something for Disney? He did before? Um, the Planet Earth with the birds. Oh yeah, one of the movies. Yeah, he did do that. I can't think of anyone that I, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I don't. I have nothing. Nothing. Captain nothing. Sparkles. No, <laughs> Creeper. His voice is very good. Well, I got something else to tell you about. Okay. Still in World Discovery. Right? Yes. Right? Yeah. World yeah. Celebration. Celebration. Okay. World Celebration. Yeah. A new pavilion will be the perfect place for live events and the home base for Epcot's signature festival. It will provide a stunning elevated view of the entire park and an ideal spot to witness Epcot's nighttime spectacular. This beautiful three-level structure will have one of the most remarkable architectural designs at any Disney park featuring a plaza level, a middle expo level, and a park that sits in the sky on the top level. So you haven't had a chance to see it yet. That's awesome. I love good buildings. I love solid buildings. 10 out of 10. I'm okay with that. This is going cool. This will be going where the fountain of nations is today. I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm going to miss the fountain of nations, but that's a cool building. I'm hoping that's where the beer garden goes. I thought they were. Yeah. The, well, I like that. That looks really cool. Maybe they'll have a, 
a fountain in memory of the Fountain of Nations. Actually, you know what? It almost looks like it's a little further out now that I'm looking at the picture. Maybe it's going to be like kind of right on the shores of the World Showcase Lagoon. Like maybe further out. Yeah. It could be. They should put a water fountain, just like a normal water fountain where the Fountain of Nations was. (laughs) You know what's crazy? Hmm. We're going to get to see all of this happening. Yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. As you exit Spaceship Earth, you'll discover a breathtaking view of World Showcase from Dreamer's Point. You're breathtaking. World Celebration (laughs) will also feature a new statue celebrating the legacy of the original Dreamer, Walt Disney. Plus, beautiful natural elements and global design elements filled with Disney magic and surprises, including a wishing tree in an enchanted forest and a story fountain celebrating the power and music of iconic Disney storytelling. So those are some things that will be right behind Spaceship Earth. So, yeah, it does look like that um, pavilion that we're talking about is going to be maybe a little further. Although, I don't know. Look at the placement of it because here's like where Mouse Gear is. And then it almost looks like that three-story thing is, like, right there. So Maybe it's going to take away from the umbrella place. Right here. Like the pin trade. The pin trading. Is, right in the middle where... The electric umbrella. Yeah, I guess you're right. This is going to be really cool. It is kind of over to the side. You're right. Okay, I think McKenna's right. So if you come out from under Spaceship Earth and you're walking, say you're walking along kind of the right-hand side where that would be Innovations West, I guess... It looks like it's going to almost be like where Club Cool and the Starbucks and stuff. Rest in peace. Yeah, that you're right, McKenna. That's exactly where that is. What if they made like little booths for Club Cool and Starbucks inside? Well, I think they're moving Starbucks. There's still going to be a Starbucks, but I, I, and Club Cool is going to come back too, but I don't know where I think. Maybe a Starbucks will replace the camera center. You could know, be. Club Cool could be bigger. <laughs> I agree. Make Club be. Cool bigger and more efficient. Don't, yeah. don't take it away, though. I want Club Cool. And right. clean and up those sticky air fresheners. <laughs> yeah, for real. So a couple of things in World Showcase. Okay. The big announcement today, we're getting a Mary Poppins attraction in the UK. Yeah, I heard about that one. I mean, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I like I'm, 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 I'm on board sense. with this. I like yeah. Mary Poppins. That's an IP that makes sense there. Yep. You'll step in time down Cherry Tree Lane past Admiral Boom's house, then enter number 17, Home of the Banks family, where your adventure will begin. That's so they're great. actually gonna they're gonna change kind of some of the pathways in the UK to look like Cherry Tree Lane. Oh, I I don't think IPs are new to World Showcase. It's just a thing that we have there. It's been added more and Over more time. as time yeah. has gone yeah. on. But it's definitely not new. Yeah, it started with character meet and greets. Now it's attractions. And the uh, Caballeros. The three Caballeros. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and Harry the Platypus. It's been happening gradually over time, but you know, initially those things weren't there. So, um, the other thing to talk about would be, of course, the summer of 2020. The France Pavilion will offer even more for you to discover, including the much-anticipated Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> There's also going to be a creperie, both oh. offering mm, both table and quick service options. And a Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Yay! That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm more excited like a, about the I'm rat. happy about crepes. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it sounds really neat. France is going to be the place to be. Yeah, no kidding. Rat, rat, rat. <laughs> crepes, rats, new, and sing-alongs. A new country? Oh my. No, they're not. They didn't announce a new country. Uh, Dang. Canada is getting a new video, or I keep saying video, a new movie called Canada Far and Wide. 
mm-hmm. which will be a Circle Vision 3D movie. And China is getting a new movie called Wondrous China. Hey, who? Oh, what's his name? Martin the, Short. No, the oh. the other Canadian um, that plays Michael Myers, Austin Powers. Yeah, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> he he could do that. I know. That's why it always throws me off. I can't remember his name because I know one's a bad guy. <laughs> he's a he's a bad guy. <laughs> Mike Myers is a bad guy. He's when been he plays bad guy, plays Doctor Evil. He's bad. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, a lot of stuff. I didn't even mention. They did say a little bit or give a little information about the new nighttime spectacular. It will be called Harmonious with the capital U S at the end. Um, it oh. will debut as the largest nighttime spectacular ever created for a Disney park. It will celebrate how the music of Disney inspires people the world over, carrying you away harmoniously on a stream of familiar Disney tunes reinterpreted by a diverse group of artists from around the globe. Harmonious will feature massive floating set pieces, custom-built LED panels, choreographed moving fountains, lights, pyrotechnics, lasers, and more. It's almost like they're taking a little bit of every nighttime show they've ever made and putting it into Harmony Us. That's a garbage name. It is a terrible name. I'd like name. to put that out there. <laughs> that needs to be fixed. That's terrible. Why not like new new music? Just about how music brings people together, not Disney music. Well, it's Disney it's World. It's a Disney park. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be IPs. It's not IP music. There's music that's just Disney music. Well, yeah, but they're... They're going to use movie. They They're going to put a Moana music. There will for sure. Moana I think. I, I think they there. showed a bit of a preview. Like I saw, Pocahontas was one of the things that'll be featured. And I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I like. I, I like Illuminations. Yeah. So. I like Illuminations. I guess that's a bit of an Epcot vision for what we're going to see in the next couple of years. And, and hopefully I guess everything, the plan is everything would be open by 2021 for in time for the 50th. Cause they, that was another thing they said at the D 23 um, panel was that while it really is kind of the magic kingdoms, 50th anniversary coming up, they're going to celebrate it at our, all four parks. So I think that works. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, are we done with Epcot? That's all for Epcot. So I have something that I am super psyched about that was announced at D23. What's that? Wait, wait, wait. I still have something Epcot to say. Okay. Say your Epcot thing first. You all are really mean. The Epcot, the new Epcot logo is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, but it's also super plain. I mean, it looks like the very original Epcot logo. It's just changed a little bit, but it could make the O be. When I look at that, you know what I think? Pepsi. Yeah, it kind of yeah. looks like Pepsi. You know what? That does look like Garrett has a point, except instead of, like, putting Spaceship Earth in it, they could have just done, like, the uh, the squares, like, oh, yeah. on the side right here. You're off mic. That's something. <laughs> no, like, it's it would be something. Like, it would still look sleek, but it wouldn't just be, yeah. like, that. Yeah. It's like they want all of their... Uh, park names. I, I don't think they'll do this kind of font or this kind of thing for the Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom, but they, it's Epcot and Hollywood Studios. The logos are kind of just simple black font. Yeah. They won't change Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom's font makes sense. I know. That's what I was saying. And then Magic Kingdom kind of almost looks like calligraphy, and I don't think they'll change that. But. No, they shouldn't either. Go ahead. All right. You're right. We're ready. 
We're done so with movie Epcot. guy from Epcot. <laughs> I'm really excited about Disney Plus and that uh, Jeff Goldblum show. Oh, yeah. <gasps> the what wor- the world according to Goldblum? I think is. Oh my god! It looks awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. He is amazing. He's funny. I like and I'm really looking forward to his show. McKenna, you have to watch the preview. We'll show you I the mean, preview. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Jeff Goldblum. I have a Jeff Goldblum dress. He's a stud. We all know it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, it looks really cool. The thing the thing about it is, on Twitter, people are saying that's the only reason they want to get Disney Plus, and then everyone's like saying, just pirate the show. Although... <laughs> <laughs> That's really not the only reason to get Disney no. Plus. It has everything Disney ever. Well, does it? It's they said so basically the entire Disney vault is going to be available and things are not going to expire. So, like, whatever they put out there is going to stay there. And the Jeff Goldblum show does look really good, but we also saw a couple other previews. Oh yeah. One of them for The Mandalorian. Oh, I wasn't done, but okay, yes, sorry, The Mandalorian wasn't done either. Well, we're having a conversation. I was going to say, there's Simpsons and Phineas and Ferb on there. The yeah. whole thing. Exactly. Those are very good reasons. Oh, my gosh. I hope they put even Stevens on there. <laughs> also, Mandalorian. Did you watch really the preview? Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, McKenna, you've got to spend tonight watching some previews because no. it looks awesome. Um, yeah, it looks so good. It looks like it's going to be... I'm surprised because it does look like it's going to be pretty violent. Yeah, I was a little shocked because mm-hmm. there were stormtroopers' heads on spikes. Yeah. And I was like, this is not how the resistance fights right. the Empire. Yeah, you were and confused. Then, <laughs> and then, you know, I see the I mean, bounty hunters and stuff. And Okay, it, that makes sense. It makes sense that it's violent. It's about bounty hunters, which mm-hmm. their whole job is to kill people. Yeah, well, or bring them to whoever wants them. It's, vi- it's violence anyways. Yeah. Yeah, they're violent. So violent that looks hunters. exciting. And there was one that looks really good about just people who work at Disney yeah. and a day of their job at Disney and what they do to make all the magic happen. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people are really passionate about working at Disney. I mean, we yep. need them to be because they make it so much better. People, people were a bit upset about this because Disney had said there was going to be a secret announcement. And this is what the secret announcement was. Oh, I thought it was a good one. But I mean, I it's, it's not too, Epic Universe. Yeah, people thought it was going to be some <laughs> new park or something. No, no it's, it was the documentary about the Disney I think that it's workers. a cool documentary. It does look good. I agree. It's just if you had your expectations like, we're getting a fifth gate. Like, no, that didn't happen. No. I wonder when we will. I don't... See, I keep saying I don't know that they need to do it because... It's just already keep, a lot. Yeah, and just keep updating and expanding what they have. Don't they have a lot of free space, though? They do, but some of it is because they buy space because part of Disney's agreement when they bought all this land in Florida was that they have to have a lot of preserve area. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not. it's not like they're going to develop all the land they have. And they need some of it for things like, you know, they've been building solar farms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that four parks is enough. Maybe a fifth one would be okay. <laughs> make it a villain's park. It'd be cool. Yeah, that would be super villain's cool. Villain's park. Yeah. Buy Nintendo and make them a park. <laughs> make a video game park. Yeah. Just buy Universal. Well, we didn't... There was one thing that I was a bit skeptical about, and we didn't mention this one yet, and we did watch the trailer for the live-action Lady and the Tramp. 
and it looks very cute. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love dogs. So I this know. will be good. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm for it. I love dogs. When are we getting Aristocats live action? <laughs> That's probably Oh, next. that'd be awesome. <laughs> live and action Ratatouille. <laughs> except there are actual rats in the kitchen. <laughs> Ew, that's okay. Yeah. Um I and I haven't seen a trailer, but the Cru- Cruella DeVille, mm-hmm. Emma Stone. Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille, yeah. I, I, it's not supposed to be cool. Like, she's not cool. She's, a, she's evil. She's, she's a mean old lady, you know? And this yeah. is, like, kind of steampunk. Well, they made her look like a Helena Bottom Carter character. Yeah, like yeah. Sweeney Todd or yeah. something. No, they shouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I I was thinking it would be cool to have like um um the Devil Wears Prada lady. You know, the mecca of all all Meryl What's Street? her name? Meryl Streep. Did you just mom. Watch your mouth. <laughs> she said dang it. Oh. <laughs> That's she not what I heard. She said dang it. Um you should know Meryl Streep's name. I should. You're right, but I forgot it. And like someone like I don't know who that an is. older lady who, you know, carries herself really well, but can be crazy too. You know, and Emma Stone is younger than me. <laughs> I was thinking Meryl Streep would be good for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corella Deville is supposed to be an old lady. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's her character. Yeah, and old ladies wear furs. That's true. And kill puppies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. I don't know. But it, it was a little little bit of a bummer to see her. But maybe it's really good. I like Emma Stone. I just don't know if this was the right role. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think she's a good actress. and But, right, is it's just casted a little bit weird for this particular role. But we'll see. They kind of made her that lady. In 101 Dalmatians. You know, the the lady. The lady. What's her name? I don't, I don't know. know. The guy and the lady. They're the two main adults, except for Cruella. Jasper and Cruella? No. Oh. I remember. The ones that oh. uh, like, own they the own the dogs. I don't know. I remember a long time ago when they released Beauty and the Beast live action that I was saying to my friends, this is the only one. They're not going to make any more. That would be stupid. Why would they ever do that? And I was wrong. You were so. You had no idea how wrong you were. Everything yeah. is live action. I want something new. I want them d- to make something new. They are. What? Uh, Pixar's getting a new movie. What is it? Called Soul? Soul? Yeah, it's something like that. It, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That looks pretty good. I haven't seen a preview or anything. I have. I haven't. It looks awesome. It's like fairy tale creatures or like mythological fantasy creatures, but they're living in like a just a society. Oh, I've huh. seen that. I want to see that movie. It oh, looks different. Good. That's we're dif- we're talking about different things. I think. Oh, uh, unless we're not. <laughs> okay. Great. I think there was a new mo- a new movie that got announced. I don't know. That's not the one we've been seeing in trailers and uh, well and. We did see movies. like one more thing that was announced that's going to be. I think it's just on Disney Plus and it's called Noel, starring Anna Kendrick. And yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be very cute. It does. I like. I thought it was looks pretty good. It's a, a Christmas movie. Yeah, and um, nothing's going to be Elf for me unless it blows me away because mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and Elf is hilarious. We should watch that, by the way. <laughs> no, it's um, not time. <laughs> it's really not time for that. We can make it time. Um. What about the Muppets thing? 
Yeah, that's Muppets. right. So we learned that there will be a short form unscripted Muppets show. I know. That's going to be interesting. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. I want to be one of them. <laughs> you could be a Muppet. You can't be a Muppet. Muppets are real. You can't be them. I want to be one. I want to be like, you know, in the Muppets movie where, what was the short guy's name? Who was the Danny big? DeVito. No, he wasn't in that one. Um, but it would have been great if he was. The human person who thought he was a Muppet because his younger brother was a Muppet? That's me. I want to be a Muppet. You're a Muppet of a man. You want to be a person who thinks they're a Muppet. Or do you I'm a, be a Muppet, Muppet of a man. <laughs> You're a very manly Muppet. <laughs> I'm a very manly Muppet. This is true. I wish that were me. I just wish that Disney Plus was already out. I'm pretty sure we should all invest in junk food and PJs that will last us for two weeks and yeah. because no one's leaving their home. It's going to be good. It's November. Be awesome. Coming in November. Mm-hmm. Just in time for cold weather, quote unquote, which we won't get, but <laughs> yeah. everybody else will. And they can stay inside and watch all this great Disney Plus content and don't pirate it. Yeah. Don't. Why would I you mean, do that? It's so cheap anyway. I don't know why there are so many people who are mad at Disney. They are, they are making a little bit of questionable decisions, but there's no re- that's no reason to boycott them. No. I why don't I- break the law, but sometimes I watch movies without paying for them. That's breaking the law. No, I don't. I don't do anything that I shouldn't. Live action movies. People have said this before. I've seen it. Uh... Live action movies aren't ruining the originals. I agree. I you think can just go watch the original. If whether you like whether or not we think we need them, it doesn't ruin the original. Yeah, no way. Plus, it, it, they're making so much money, they're not wasting it on making these. Oh, they make all their money back and more. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, that's why they do it. And they are... I don't. I haven't seen all of the remakes yet, you know, but the ones I have seen, they're not bad. I, I have kinda, only seen the Beauty and the Beast one. Well, I think it's kind of crazy that... You watched Pete's Dragon with me, didn't you? Nope. Did you watch Jungle Book? Nope. You did, too. Mm-mm. I don't. I never watched the live-action one. Well, well, I actually... I've heard people say that they don't like live-action Beauty and the Beast. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought it was it. pretty good. So... I liked it. You can enjoy them as kind of separate things. Like, it's its own thing. Even though it's the same story, just enjoy it as its own thing. I'm going to watch The Lion King that way. We still Mm -hmm. haven't seen it. Even though it's almost shot for shot the same, I'm going to look at it. This is its own thing. It's not going to ruin anything. So The only problem with the live-action Beauty and the Beast is they casted the wrong Belle. I was supposed to be (laughs) Belle. (laughs) You didn't sign up. You didn't go ask them to be Belle. I know. You didn't ask them. That's how it works. When you know a movie's coming, Excuse you me. go talk to the studio and say, may I please be Bill? Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm Bill. That's how way. auditions work. <laughs> I guess that's kind of how auditions work. That's how auditions Depends for plays are. How famous you are, I you, guess. But then you have to do, you can tell them that you want to do it, but then they make you, you know, audition. Unless you're really famous. Yeah. Some people are offer only. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like, would Will Smith be like that? Probably. Yeah. I doubt mm-hmm. he has to audition for much. Yeah, he can, can just Im- send in some of his movies. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine asking, like, him or even 
Meryl Streep, we <laughs> talked about her earlier. She is someone who goes and tells people what movie yeah. she wants to be in, and they make it for her. Yeah. You know, like she's, oh, ooh, or Anthony Hopkins. Like, wow, you mm. know, everybody does whatever he says. Right. He's also a knight, so. You know, I agree. That's how I am. People just let me be in a movie. Right. All right. Well, there was a lot of things that were announced. We didn't cover everything, but I feel like this was a lot to process for us. By the way, they did announce a new parade at D23. Not at Magic Kingdom. Not a nighttime parade. It's going to Disneyland. So, thanks a lot for no nighttime parade at Magic Kingdom. I thought it was going to be at Magic Kingdom. No, that's a Disneyland parade. But, oh well. Oh, and they announced a new Disney cruise ship called The Wish. They bought a new private island, apparently. So... (laughs) Well, they can buy them. what they want. Yeah. So, we're going to we be should. we're going to be maybe that should be our first Disney cruise is to go on Ooh. Wish. Ooh. Yeah. We can we can go on its maiden voyage. Yeah. Or we should just go purchase an island. Let's go purchase an island. I want to go purchase an island. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to go uh, start shopping for private islands and when we come back, we're going to have a review of our Star Wars Galaxy's Edge pass holder preview. We'll be back as island owners. Welcome back to the monorail. We bought a beautiful island. They told us it was in the Caribbean. It's not. It's just off the coast of Antarctica. Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean queen. Pirates of the Caribbean. 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 Um, Caribbean. But you go on a Caribbean cruise. Caribbean cruise. That sounds Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean. Caribbean. Queen. <laughs> anyway, every time you say it, the word gets more confusing to me. <laughs> it's the just Bahamas. like furniture. It depends on the context. I Let's love the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> Are we the Swiss Family Robinsons now? Well, they just landed on an island. Yeah, but like we're gonna live on one. But ours, well, is, I'm not gonna live on. It's it. gonna be a much different experience. I hope you're good at building igloos and. Oh no! I want a Kroger. You're going to build a Kroger on yeah. our island? Wow. Okay. <laughs> no one's going to go there. I'll work there. Can I be manager? <laughs> yes. No, you can be kidager. No, I want to be manager. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Boy, so this past week on Monday, we had the chance to go to the pass holder preview of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hot, hot in your face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to be That's that aggressive mean. about yeah, it. Yeah, No. Um, I had been looking forward to this since it was announced that there was going to be a Star Wars land in the Disney parks. I was jealous that Disneyland got to open theirs first, but I waited anxiously and the time finally came and man, oh man, it was such an amazing experience and it was worth the wait in my opinion. Yeah. There, there was no shade. (laughs) <laughs> there definitely was shade It's there, like the Animal Kingdom It was all shade No, it's like There's Hollywood not. Studios it's There's no like, shade yeah. it, it fits in the theme of Hollywood Studios There really is not shade in But there's like Galaxy a whole Edge. indoor area I, I 
can't wait for Frank to go and tell me about how much shade there is. <laughs> there was, just like the Animal Kingdom. In the market, there's some shade. And if you That's go into like Ronto Roasters, but walking around in the pathways, oh. there is no shade. But it's so cool. It is awesome. awesome. It was cloudy, so I guess I just didn't notice it. Yeah. And let me tell you, getting um, to be there when it got dark was really, really yeah. neat. That was yes. a cool experience. You could see people all over the place with lightsabers. Yeah, that was pretty neat. That did add to the atmosphere. Everybody yeah. had their their lightsabers lit up. So when we booked this, you... Um, you did this for us, Sam. You were the expert reservation maker. Yes. And when we booked our time slot, there was no option to go to Oga's or do Savvy's, which you had to have a separate reservation for. Correct. So we were just going in with the expectation of doing Smuggler's Run. And we made plans. We wanted to get some food. We wanted to try the blue Everything. and green milk. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to do some shopping. I wanted to go to Doc Undar's. We wanted to go through the market. So... We were trying to keep expectations managed by not trying to like uh, do every little thing or see every little thing. But honestly, we were able to do a lot, and the crowd wasn't like overwhelming. I mean, the, the wait for Smuggler's Run was never more than I think it was posted fifty minutes, but we only waited thirty, thirty-five, yeah, thirty-five minutes. Yeah, it wasn't so. bad. Um, we wrote it twice. Uh, and we were able to... We didn't do Docking Bay 7. No, unfortunately. And But that and Oga's and then... Um, are the, Well, those are the only two things that we didn't actually get to go into. We mm-hmm. didn't really step into Docking Bay 7. McKenna and I stepped in just to kind of the entrance, but we didn't really go in. We peaked. Yeah, we peaked. Oga's we didn't go into, but we did end up going into Savvy's, which oh I'll talk gosh. about in a minute. <laughs> and we went in the Droid Depot, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. It's very busy in there. Yeah. 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 Lots of activity. Jinx. Lots of kinetic action in the place. So, um, but that was cool. So, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. So, let's just talk about, like, walking in. We walk in on the side of the land where Rise of the Resistance is going to be. And, of course, we kind of see that queue. There's some cast members standing there. The first thing that I saw that really kind of hit me was the A-Wing. Yeah. Parked over on the right. Yeah, that was interesting. That was so cool to see. And just seeing these life-size ships that I've only ever seen on the screen was like, it was hard to put into words how, how it felt. It was like, you know, a little boy's dream coming true, right? Everybody's speechless. Yes. I wish so, we could have seen Kylo Ren. Yeah, we didn't see Kylo Ren walking around. I didn't see Ray. We yeah. saw Ray, me and dad. Yeah. Yeah. But we saw the spy. We saw Vi. Uh-huh. I think it's Vi. Okay. Um, and we actually talked to her while yeah. you guys were doing something else. So McKenna and I had a little chat with Vi. That's cool. That's cool. I, well, I think um, for me, uh, one of the neater things was the marketplace. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And uh, the cast members there are not cast members. Excuse me. The Batu citizens. Yeah. They all have really neat stories yeah if you're there and you need to waste some time like just hanging around the phone is a fun little game that you can do around oh, yeah. there. the data pad play the disney. data pad play disney it's worth it yeah. and um just talking to cast members because they all have their own stories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like one cast member was going to help his parents retire on uh, i think he said tatooine mm. yeah which is a strange place to want to retire, <laughs> in my opinion. But I guess you like sand. Yeah, I'm not Unlike a fan. Unlike Anakin. 
I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. They all have unique stories. They all want to tell you about it. Right. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, that that really adds to kind of the immersive feeling of the land. Yeah. A couple of different times, the subject of who is Mickey Mouse came up. Yeah. That was funny. Because <laughs> I had on my shirt with Mickey running around it. And everyone was like, is this like a god or something? I'm like, pretty much. <laughs> He's the president. Yeah. He is the president. Of, Land- of Lando. <laughs> Lando. So we did end up walking through the market kind of right off the bat. And it kind of draws you over there because, first of all, there is some shade. Yes. Because um, it's a little bit covered. But also there's a lot of activity and there's some interesting shops to walk into. There's you've got the creature stall over there. Let me just see if I'm calling it the right thing. Um, it is the uh, creature stall and Toy Dairy and Toy Makers, Black Spire Outfitters, and Jewels of Bith. I gotta tell you, I thought out of all now, I like the creature stall quite a bit. I like all those the plushies. It seemed like almost all of them like were battery operated and they would yeah. either make noise or move or whatever. But there were some pretty cool things in there. I thought the Bantha was really cool. And the Wampa. I'm surprised we didn't come home with multiple animals. Me um, too. I but, thought we would. <laughs> but the surprise to me was the Toy Dairy and Toy Maker store. I thought that it was, was so, so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, really the idea behind it is that everything in there is kind of handmade by the, sh- the people who work at the shop. And so they've got these hand-sewn plushies that kind of look like characters from Star Wars. But they've never actually seen these people. So they're not exact. Um, and then they've got wood carved items. I ended up with a wood carved Millennium Falcon, which I am very proud of. Um, there's this little Garrett got a little floppy stormtrooper guy. That, it was the drunk stormtrooper. Yeah, drunk stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, but there's like all kinds of things, and they even have like instruments. If you plan on joining a cantina band anytime soon, I was very good at playing the instruments. You were very good at it. So you might have like a you know an evening job if you want yeah. a gig a musical background at Oga's. Me. I actually didn't realize I picked one up and I was messing with it and I was playing a little tune just a random tune on it. I didn't realize I was standing beside a cast member, <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, you're really good at that. Do you ever play over it at Oga's Cantina?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, actually, uh, I'm playing a set this weekend." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. The that cast little- members were great. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. The shopping, very cool. And, and, you know, of course they've got like the resistance supplies and the first order cargo. And I know McKenna, you really enjoyed the first order oh, man. cargo shop. I have lots of items. I've got a first order hat and a journal and that's it. But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, not lots. <laughs> I mean, it's Disney wise. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. But those are cool shops because, again, they don't have things that say, like, Star Wars Black Spire Outpost on them or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on them. Like, they have the Resistance Supplies had, like, pilot helmets and jackets that you might see a Star Wars character wearing and, different like, stuff that you would buy, like, on planet. And the First Order Supply actually sold, like, propaganda posters for yeah, the Yeah, I order. want some of those propaganda posters. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Some things in the shops did say Black Spire Outpost, but they didn't yeah. say like Star Wars. That's true. You're right. They did. Some of them said Black Spire. Yeah, you Outpost. have a coffee cup that says Black You're right. Spire. I do. What's but that's the, because uh, it's actually called that. The troop number there? 709. 709th. 709th. Yeah. That's on all of the uh, first order stuff, really. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, there is a stormtrooper presence. When you're over in the section of the First Order, there are stormtroopers walking around. We didn't see Kylo Ren, but apparently he also walks around the area. Um, and then, you know, you go over kind of past the Millennium Falcon over towards the Resistance side, and you'll see Chewie and Ray. McKenna and I did run into Ray. She was busy. It looked like she was taking a couple people with her on a mission. We couldn't get in their way. They were they were definitely headed somewhere. And But we didn't see Chewbacca on our trip. No, I wish we would have. And I wish we would have seen Kylo Ren. Yeah. Talking to the stormtroopers is a little intimidating. It is. I always feel that way, too. And it's, it's kind of the same way as talking to Kylo Ren, too. You don't know exactly what you are supposed to say. And, you know... You're kind of. They're supposed to be intimidating. Yeah. You can't see their face. You can't. Can't judge. You know what they might be looking like. Yeah. But it's still cool. It's fun. It's fun. There's. They basically stop and harass everybody that's walking around. Yeah. And it's a it's a good time. But you know, the walk around characters is something we don't get a lot in the East Coast parks. It's something that happens more in like Disneyland or or like Disneyland Paris. But it's really cool in this land that they've incorporated that because it really adds life to it. I feel like they need to up the Stormtrooper game a mm. little bit. They, they, I think it was maybe two and sometimes four, mm-hmm. um, like two sets of two walking around together. But it wouldn't hurt to have a little bit more of that. Yeah. I'll be a Stormtrooper. <laughs> I'll do it. I volunteer. <laughs> maybe they'll have more when more people are there. Maybe so. Yeah. But it's still very cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not cool. Yeah. Uh, they have space to add more things, mm-hmm. and they could really, you know, put more stormtroopers in there. I Stoom agree. Stormtroopers. I mean, there Storm. are, there usually is a, a group of two walking around Hollywood Studios. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to be out anymore. Now that Galaxy's Edge is going to be open this coming week, I think everything, they might be over at the launch bay, because I think that's staying open, but... I don't think they're going to be out walking around like in front of the theater anymore and stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Um, So, okay. So we walk through the market and we pass by Ronto Roasters. Yes. Which they're using the big pod pod racing engine to kind of smoke the meats that they have out there, which is, it's very cool. Um, It is really cool. (laughs) They've got a droid that's kind of pulling a crank, making the meat turn. It's, that was a neat thing. Uh Um, And then of course we go around the corner and there's the millennium Falcon right there in front of us. It's a great reveal. I like how they have it tucked back in the land. So you kind of have to walk back and and go through some, you know, some other scenery before you get to it. Um, But it is kind of the centerpiece and it's, very impressive in person. No kidding. I mean, that was detailed, a lot of work. I mm-hmm. mean, someone put their love and heart into that. Yeah. Also, the are we talking about, can I talk about food yet? Sure. Okay, let's talk about food. Let's do it. The, the wrap. The Ronto wrap. Was amazing. Yes. It was yeah. great. <laughs> it was very good. That was something that stood out to me as well. And uh, so when we were trying to figure out what to eat, Docking Bay 7 was pretty busy when we were there. Right. And so we were like, well, let's go over and see about these Ronto wraps. And I didn't realize that really all they had in Ronto Roasters are the wraps and the turkey jerky. Mm-hmm. That's really all they have. And then they have some drinks, which we'll talk about too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Ronto wrap. So it's like a pork sausage. No, nope. it's a beef sausage. Beef sausage. Beef sausage with pork, like tenderloin slices, and then like a spicy slaw, and in a in a pita wrap. So good. It was so good. Yeah, this it was very really good. good. I definitely want to go back and get more Ronto wrap. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't get it because I thought we were going to go to Docking Bay 7 and I didn't want to get full. Yeah. I didn't so. get to eat the whole thing because we got moving. Well, we'll have to get you both another one. Mm. I don't mind. And I'll have another one while we're at it. I'd eat another. But you did get a drink. I got the Sour Sarlacc, which it it is a spicy drink, which I've never had a spicy drink before, and it was really good. It, it was, was very tasty. Um, and... It did not help that I was having a spicy food and drink, <laughs> but it tasted really good. Yeah. If you sip it, it's not spicy, but if you drink more than that, it's spicy. It starts to hit you in the throat. It was good. It I was. tried it. Yeah. yeah. And you got the... Didn't you get a Tatooine Sunset? No, Mom did. Oh, you got the Tatooine Sunset. Yeah, that one has uh, I bourbon. It, I didn't think it did. That one does? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was just the lemonade. What, what was yeah, the I one did. that was just the lemonade with the... Maybe there's a non-alcoholic. Maybe that is sunset. the Tatooine sunset. Or, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. Get I had something. I thought that the sunset was non-alcoholic too. I'm confused about that one. I don't know. I mean, I had a drink that had bourbon in you it. You did, and it was good. And maybe that's what I'm talking about. I'm just confused. Yeah, I don't know. But it's good. We didn't give McKenna alcohol. No. Let's just get that straight. <laughs> she was not served. So okay. That that was all really good, and we kind of now one observation we had about Ronto Roasters while we were getting our wraps and drinks and stuff. There is not a lot of seating there, and there's not a lot of seating. There's not a lot of seating just in general. Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for shade and a place to sit down, you might want to walk back out, but you still won't find shade. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. that, so we ended up just finding a place on the wall outside of Ronto Roasters and just kind of set up there and, and ate our wraps and had our drinks and stuff. But there was no place to sit um, that was actually covered or in there. Um, while we're talking about food and drink, why don't we talk about milk? Yeah. Um, okay. So we did step over to the uh, milk stand where they serve blue and green milk. And now they're serving alcoholic versions of the blue and green milk. So since there were four options, we got all four. Yep. So we got alcoholic and non-alcoholic versions of both the blue and green milk. What I can tell you is, I felt like the alcoholic and non-alcoholic versions tasted pretty similar. Yeah, well... There wasn't a huge difference I didn't taste the ones that the kids were drinking. I did taste theirs, and for me, I felt like they tasted pretty similar. Okay. So it was, I don't know, maybe they just aren't that strong. Or, I'm sure they're not. Yeah. But whatever, they they still were pretty good. Personally, well, first of all, what do we think the blue milk tasted like? Good. It yeah, good. But what was the flavor? Like blue. Blue. It tasted berry, coconut, fresh. Kinda. It tasted like berries. To me, I, it's funny. I feel like everybody has different answers to this question because I didn't really taste berry. The thing I that, tasted coconut. To me, the, the biggest flavor coconut. was coconut. I didn't taste coconut at all. It really just tasted clean to me. Just tasted like a coconut water with maybe a little sweetness to it is kind of what it tasted like to me. It, to me, it tasted taste like fruit. a uh, berry smoothie. And they are frozen. Yeah. If people don't know, they, it's a frozen kind of a slushy drink. Mm-hmm. Now, the green milk... Perfume. It tasted not like how perfume smells. It tasted like how perfume tastes. Do you drink perfume? <laughs> yeah, she does. I've tasted perfume before. <laughs> That's disgusting. But it, it smells doesn't so taste good, good, Garrett. You're just um, tempted because of the smell. Yeah, like an elf. I've 
tasted dumb things on dares. It tasted um, it tastes floral. Yeah, I taste I, floral. It did taste floral. I don't I didn't hate it, but it got old after a while. That's what I think too. A little bit of the green milk went a long ma- a long way for me. I mean, I prefer the blue, but I was okay with the green. Um, I think you drank most of the blue and I drank most of the green anyways. Um, and I was okay with we it. We tried to split it 50-50. Wait, yeah. Yeah, we did but not, I knew you didn't enjoy it, so well, I, I didn't mind drinking it. Um, because it did taste I, really florally, but I like lavender tea and stuff like that. I, I had to drink almost all of my green milk. I tried. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. I ugh. Well, next time you know not to get it. Yeah. Right? So you can just go for the blue. I mean... I've heard people say, I mean, if you watch Tim Tracker, they say the green milk tastes like uh, Fruity Pebbles. No, I didn't think so. Um, it did not taste like Fruity I, Pebbles. Yeah, I, I never tasted that. I don't think it tasted fruity. It tasted flowers. And I I don't know. I, I'd be fine without it. Now, if you do go for the alcoholic versions, the green one comes with tequila and the blue one comes with rum. So if that sways you one way or the other. So yeah. the blue one's for pirates. It is, yeah. Yeah, and if you're buying one of those $25 souvenir mugs, just know you still only get one little glass with That's it. That's true. They do not fill up the souvenir jugs Which, with the milk. I thought that they were, whenever we were ordering, the lady said, we don't put it in the um, mug, but we'll give you two. And I thought, oh, that makes sense. I thought that's what she said. Oh. And I was thinking, that makes sense. Two glasses, you know, because yeah. easily it could hold two. Yeah. And uh, then she gave us Just one. And I was like, what What happened? Why? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, $25 for a cup is pretty steep. Yeah. But those souvenir milk bottles are pretty cool. They and are they, cool. And they do light up. They're really neat. But they also are twenty five dollars, yeah. well, and you don't get it filled if, up. If we knew what was going to come, twenty five dollars sounds like a, a deal at that point. Um, <laughs> so no kidding. All right, so those were some of the foods we tried. But let's talk about the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. That experience was something that I feel like was I, pretty memorable I and loved exciting. It. You loved it. What did you love about it? Um. Th- it's like the only really interactive ride mm-hmm. because uh, Mission Mars isn't it. It acts like it, but it's just meant to to emulate interactiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not really interactive. This one, you if you're piloting it, you really do control where it goes. Yeah, it's you can very really dependent mess up on the ship. where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, um, whenever people get to ride it, they. They um, don't have really high expectations if they see little kids sitting up front. Right. Because that was rough. Our first ride, we had a dad or a grandpa or something. I don't know. Um, He may have been a really old dad. But uh, with a little girl who maybe was six or seven. Yeah, she was like five or six, I think. And um, they were flying. Yeah, they were the pilots. So the way that it works, <laughs> you've got a crew of six, yeah, two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. And for our first ride, we had two pilots that we didn't know. This this man, I, I think it was the dad, and then a little girl. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a ride, and you really shouldn't get upset with them or anything. If you have people who don't know how to fly very well and are little kids up front, don't get mad at them, but... Um, 
it does impact the the experience that yeah. you have, which yeah. is a little bit of a bummer. I feel like there should be a way for them to know if there's a kid there to help assist with that because the whole time we were repairing because we were engineers yeah, and we and couldn't I, even look at the screen. Yeah, Sam and I were engineers. Those are those seats are the furthest back in the cockpit. And, seats. And if you are the engineer and you have bad pilots that are running into stuff all the time, you are constantly having to hit your buttons to repair the ship. And the thing about it is, it's not convenient to see your buttons if you're trying to look out the window, like if you're looking at the screen. So you really have to turn your head and look at your buttons, and it's not always the same ones you have to press. You can't just keep your hand over there and just press them. So I thought the engineer experience was interesting. I'm glad we did it once. I don't ever want to be an engineer again. No, me neither. Mm. (laughs) Like, I just don't want to do that. I've never done it, so I tried Yeah, I haven't either, but... Gunner was fine. Pilot was the best. I had a lot of fun being Gunner because I was just shooting constantly. Yeah. And I was like, take that. Yeah. Uh, but I also made my own uh, accuracy thing go down because I was continuously firing. Right. But the pilot was more fun. As the Gunner, you can choose either manual or automatic weapons. We, and you get more points if you go manual. And that's something to remember. So every time you ride, you're building up credits based on how you do on this ride. And it ties back to your Play Disney Parks app. And that, just as McKenna pointed out, you've got to really kind of be willing to play in this land and take in the whole thing to get the most out of it. And part of it is using that data pad. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, if you're, part, if you're using the Play Disney Parks app, the credits that you see are going to get credited to your account on your Play Disney Parks app. And you can, I guess it builds your reputation and you get more things unlocked as you go. And it takes you down the path of whatever career you're trying to yeah. pursue in Galaxy's Edge because there's, there's three. Yeah. And you can choose a career by picking up jobs because yeah. there's a job board on the data pad. Yeah. So it's um, resistance. the resistance, the first order, and then smuggler. a smuggler. Yeah. And right now, because Smuggler's Run is the only attraction, it's easy to get a lot of points in Smuggler, which is now I'm a pirate already. I've I've achieved the rank of pirate. But but yeah, Smuggler's Run, the experience is the best from the pilot seat. And then as you go back in the cockpit, it gets gradually worse. I will tell you, if we had waited two hours plus for that ride and we ended up being engineers and having the experience we did, I would have been ticked off. Yeah. I mean, but... You still just have to kind of go with it. I guess, but imagine like a person like me, like I, I still haven't, I haven't been the pilot and I will say, I think the very best seat is right pilot because you get to engage hyperspeed. Yeah. So that's the dream flying the millennium Falcon and going into light speed. That is the dream. And only one person in the cockpit gets to do it right front pilot. I don't know why they didn't do it. Like the right front does it once and the left front does it once. Yeah. I don't know. Or everyone could like press a button for it that would be cool too like everybody has to press the button to go to light speed or something yeah but it is pretty cool that that you get to do that mckenna got to do that i was right front pilot yeah awesome yeah so and actually when we wrote it the second time you guys were the pilots me and mom were gunners i thought manual gunning was pretty simple Uh, you've got three buttons high middle low and you just watch where the TIE fighters are on your side of the ship and you use it to shoot. And then at one point you'll have to shoot um, missiles, which is a round button. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that big a deal. And you can watch the screen, which is a that's the whole point. 
So, yeah, like I said, engineers, keep, you can't. You just kept keep your keep your hand, hand on the buttons, and then you just go bam, 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 and it's really simple. You guys were good pilots. We did much better. We, yeah, it was we, so much better. We brought the ship back, and he didn't say it was totally destroyed like he did the first time. Oh yeah, all that Lego Star Wars training came in handy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you all have earned your Millennium Falcon pilot's license. So that's that's a good job. Proud of you guys. Um, but yeah, I I, I hear people trying to compare it to flight of passage and you should not do that no. because it is not you can't compare the two things yeah the dad who was a pilot whenever we came off he said uh, people said it was going to be like flight of passage but i much prefer that one yeah well and he was trying to hit his buttons and his daughter's buttons and he wasn't paying attention and he was mm. wanting to watch and you you have to interact yeah. with the ride. This isn't Star Tours. Nope. It's not a passive experience. And actually, it's a better comparison to compare it to Star Tours. Yeah. Than it is Flight of Passage. Yeah, I it's, agree. It's better um, if you look at it that way. Um, and when Rise of the Resistance opens, it's going to be a game changer. Oh yeah. man, I'm so I wanna I wanna be a first order officer in the Rise of the Resistance oh. ride. I just I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> I'll they could pay me five dollars a day. <laughs> that's that's not much money. Five credits, you mean? Five credits a day. I mean, if I work every single day, that'll take care of some of my gas. Yeah. <laughs> Why not five credits an hour? Um, because I really want to work saying there. She'll do it for peanuts, basically. Yeah, they can throw um, rice at me. Yeah, that's food. Well. I feel like we should talk about the big finale of our day. Okay. So, as we mentioned, we were there from the 5 to 9 slot. So, it was, like, getting dark. We had finished our second ride on Smuggler's Run. We were kind of walking where the the speeders are because we had a chance to go over and see the land speeder um, and, and the droids and all that kind of stuff that are over on that corner closer to Toy Story Land. Oh, by the way, we noticed when you're... In the Smuggler's Run queue on the second floor, and you look over the trees toward, towards Toy Story Land. You can see You can Slinky see Slinky Dog. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just a little bit of it. It doesn't matter. It's but, funny. But anyway, um, so we're walking around the corner. We happen to be passing by Savvy's workshop, and a cast member walks up and says, Are you all checking in to Savvy's? We say, No, we didn't make reservations. And he said, Well, what if I told you you could go in now with no wait? And then... The big internal conflict starts knowing that it was $200 to build a lightsaber and we had not planned on doing this and we've got birthday plans and all kinds of things coming up for McKenna and me and lots of things happening and we've already spent too much money and he says, well, we told him, maybe this is something we'll do later on. I don't know if we want to do it right now. And he said, well, I will tell you this, the, you know, the land officially opens on the 29th and after that. Savvy's is booked all the way through the end of November. So you start thinking about it and you're like, this is a unique opportunity to do this. And I've heard such great things about yeah. Savvy's yeah. that it was already on my mind that I wanted to do it. Yeah. So and you didn't want both of you to do it, but I insisted well, that and, you and McKenna do it. And the thing is, if you decide to participate in the Savvy's Workshop Experience, you can take one person with you. Yeah. Well, how are we going to decide which two of us went? Right. How would we have picked two of us just to do that? It just wasn't going to happen. So, McKenna and I signed up to build lightsabers. 
And I don't, I really don't want to spoil really any of this experience. I, all I want to say about it was it's a one-time thing, right? It's not something I'm going to go back and do. Um, and I'm thinking about the cost and trying to decide, do I feel like this was, did I get the value out of the money we spent for this? It was easily the most memorable experience we had in Galaxy's Edge. It was amazing. Yeah. It was I, really awesome. I thought it was a really neat thing to even be the person standing there watching. And of course, while all of this is happening, I look at Garrett and he looks at me and I can see it in his eyes that he really, really wants to do this. Yeah. It, it just felt like I was actually part of something important. Exactly. Yeah. You're part of the story. And that's the thing. You have a kind of a master builder. I don't know what his title is exactly, but he comes out and he... The people, that, the cast members they have that are playing that role do such a great job of making you feel like you are in the land. You're part of it. And this is such a big epic thing that you're doing. You're building a lightsaber from junk antiques that they've collected throughout the galaxy. They've brought it here. And there are certain moments that happen that might give you goosebumps and I don't. I really don't want to spoil it. All right, I got don't, a little teary. Is all I'm gonna say. If if you think you might do this experience, do not watch videos of it he, because he cried. he cried like fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seriously. And and I've said this a couple of times. This sounds a little bit silly, but this is the way that I'm descri- describing it, and I feel comfortable saying it. As a Star Wars fan, if you're as big as a, of a Star Wars fan as I am. I believe Savvy's Workshop is the closest thing to kind of a religious experience that you can have as a as a fanboy or fangirl in terms of Star Wars experiences. I, I've never experienced anything like that. It was amazing. It was so amazing. And now we have these very cool metal, like the hilts are totally metal. They've got kyber crystals in them that can be changed out. And if you change the kyber crystal, it changes the color of your blade. And the sound. The sounds change. And these are things, like, we're going to display them because they're beautiful. Yeah. And and let me just make this clear. After McKenna and Justin <laughs> were done, I went back in with Garrett <laughs> because he had to do it. And we are now, for real, poor people. Come on. What is wrong with us? Why we keep spending our money at Disney? <laughs> it was Star Wars Christmas. <laughs> it really for it, us. It was a little much. And... We're not going to build another one. You know, we're done. I think someday at some point, I feel like you should build one. No, I I don't think that I, um, I, like I, I was happy to be in there and do the experience. I don't think I need that. Okay. I think what I need is Victoria and Albert's chef's (laughs) table. (laughs) So just let's not forget what mom really desires is eye contact from a master yes. chef. Well, I got eye contact from a master lightsaber builder and he complimented my lightsaber. Yeah, me bit. too. <laughs> um, it's almost like he liked all of your lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. he, actually, he actually came up to me and complimented mine and then went over to everyone else and announced like what I was doing with mine. And, uh, like, talked about the origin of the parts of my blade. That's cool. Yeah, it was really neat. Yeah. And also, I was wearing McKenna's Imperial, like, First Order the hat. hat uh, and he didn't, he didn't like that. But I <laughs> explained. That was the first time, because I, I took it, and the spy talked to me with yeah. my hat. I, I explained it to him that it was a disguise. Yep, that's right. Blending in. 
keeping a low profile. <laughs> yeah, but it was amazing. I mean, so coming up in the future, we're going we're going to be going back after it opens. Uh, the family is, and we do have reservations for Ogas, and we also have reservations for the Droid Depot. So we're going to get to experience that because that was something I knew that Garrett would want to build a droid. So we had planned on doing that. Savvy's was something we hadn't considered doing. Yeah. Um, and and all I can say is I don't regret it. Um, since we've been home, I've pulled my lightsaber out and messed with it like almost every night because it's so cool. Me too. Especially when it gets dark. We turn the lights out in the house. Yeah. They like. We they have like lightsaber dance it. parties. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, we didn't even mention. Should we mention the colors that we went with? I think people could guess. That'd be interesting. I'd like to know what people guess. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Although, if you navigate our social media, you may have seen something. But if you haven't, I'd love to know what people would guess what colors we went with. Yeah. So, that'll be... I might tweet out that question. But it was awesome. Um, now, here, here to wrap this up, here's some things I want to say about this. I see some people... After they go to the land, and and I'm not trying to say everybody should love it, because everybody experiences things differently. People enjoy different things. Maybe it doesn't have the same kind of impact to everyone that it does to me or or you guys. But I've heard people saying that, like, the land's a disappointment. There's not enough to do. A lot of bad things. Like, basically, what a, you know, what a dud. This thing fell on its face and, and whatever. I totally... I couldn't disagree more. I disagree. I think the people who say those things don't experience the land the way that it was meant to be. I think the people who say those things are just looking for attention on social media. I don't no. think I don't think that's no. it. I think there are people who sincerely are just like I'm not it's interested. It's not doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm in I think that what people really need to understand is interacting with the cast members there really makes it even more. It's not just interacting with the cast members. It's interacting with everything around you. Yeah. This land was built to be a playset. Imagine you, instead of going into Andy's backyard and shrinking down to become a toy, you have become a Star Wars toy. And all your figures are there and they've come to life. And you're part of this now. And you have to be willing to play. And as much as you're willing to play, that's how much you're going to get out of this land. That's what I really think. People try to compare it to Pandora and the kind of experience they had going in there. And they're like, well, Pandora is just, it's so beautiful. It's so immersive. And you just instantly get this feeling of awe when you walk in there. I got that from Star Wars Land, but even more so because I feel like Pandora is a passive experience. You walk in. And you're taking it all in. It's all very visual, just much like the Avatar movie. Yeah, nothing it's a to it, really. It's a visual thing, and it's beautiful to see. Yeah, it's just a really pretty movie. And like, even, no story. even Flight of Passage is a passive experience. You're sitting there. It's happening to you. Star Wars Land, you have to make happen. It's a different thing. You can't compare the two because they're two different experiences. Now, that's not what everybody wants, and I get that. If you don't want that kind of experience... You're probably not going to get much from this land. But it is it was built to wrap the story around you and make you part of it more than any other land in the parks that you're going to that you're going to see. And if that's not what you want, fine. But if you do want that, it can be a very rewarding and and memorable experience. Yeah. That's yeah, what very. I think. I think it's wonderful. I'm someone who loves to go and just be a character or someone else. Yeah. 
And it's just such a way to take advantage of it. Put aside everything else going in your life. Now you're there. Role play. It's beautiful. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. If if you're a person who can kind of do that, just let loose and relax and and just kind of play a character for a while. It's really fun. And they will play with you. They want to. They want to interact. They like the people who are working there want to talk to you. They want to have fun because, you know, it's their job. Yeah. And it would be lame if they just had to stand around all day while they were in this wonderful place. And I don't think Disney did a bad job telling us what this was going to be like because they told us all along that you're being dropped into the story and you will experience this as a Star Wars character. They Well, they called us tourists. We were yeah. tourists in Batuu, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm saying that all the all the marketing leading up to this told us that this was going to be stepping into a like a film basically. yes yeah yeah i don't feel like in pandora i don't feel like i'm someone on a different planet i feel like oh this is really cool it looks nice but i don't feel like i'm actually there this i felt like i was really part of it like part of the story see when i'm on pandora i definitely feel like i'm not in the animal kingdom anymore yeah, yeah. but it, it's a it's a it's an immersive experience but it's a different experience i well, what I mean is really, like, I kind of feel like I'm a, a ghost visiting Pandora. Like, I feel like it's a different that's, place. That's a good way to put I'm it. But I'm not yeah. really seen by anyone. Yeah, you're right. When And I don't know if this is going to be true after the land officially opens, but the cast members in Galaxy's Edge come out and greet you and talk yeah. to you. Like, if you're not, that's another thing. Maybe if Maybe you have a lot of kind of, you're a person who doesn't really want to interact with people. This could be kind of a stressful situation. But if you're someone who doesn't like to interact with people, I'm not someone who goes out of my way to interact with people all the time. But it's something where you can just take you, set yourself aside, be this person. Yeah. Play a role. Play. You're not you there. You're a tourist visiting and you want to know more about the land. Mm -hmm. It's different. Also, I have something that's a little off topic. (laughs) Okay. Um. Here's my suggestion to Disney about Pandora. I know they're making another Pandora movie, correct? There's going to be like five more Avatar movies. Instead of doing that, Planet Earth Pandora. Okay. Because I don't like oh. the story. Oh, I see yeah. what you're Avatar. saying. Avatar. Uh, I see what you're saying. Like, make it like a Disney science or a Disney Earth movie or something, yeah. but it's Pandora. Show the plants. Show yeah. the animals. Do all that. Oh, that's, that's what I want. Pretty- Clever. That's what yeah. I want to know about Pandora. I don't care about some cool. lanky yeah. blue and then, people. And then on Thanksgiving or like Christmas, you can just have it on in the background. Yeah. Boom. Done. But I will tell you, I, I think the lands reflect the movies because in my opinion, you don't watch Avatar. And this is my opinion. I realize other people disagree. You don't watch Avatar for the story. No, I don't. It's a visual experience. But Star Wars, Star Wars, I mean in the past was a little more handmade. Of course they do the special effects stuff, but it's story based. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I watch star Wars for the visuals and the story Mm -hmm. avatar. I like, I can watch without the audio. You pretty much can. I don't, I can't name a character in avatar. Mm -mm. That guy, there was a military person and he went and fell in love with a person. I know they had some, fun in the flower area that's it that's all i remember and it was weird it got a little wild so anyway that's that's all i'm saying and i personally i can't wait to go back and again 
Use your phones. Do the Play Disney Parks Act. Hack into the consoles that you see on the walls. Scan the cargo boxes that you see sitting around. Use the translator. Tune the antennas. You'll get points. You get gear. If you're a gamer, it's like perfect for you. Because the land wants you to do that. Yeah. So that's that's what I say. This is, this is the best... There are pieces like we we mentioned like the jobs are going to be a bit like the Perry the Platypus World Showcase adventure, um, but some of the other stuff is more just interactive, just around like continuous storytelling kind of stuff. Just just do it, take it all in, have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the famous words of Shredder, "Go play, have fun." Remember Toka and Razor and Master say have fun. Oh my god. I'm just going to stare at you remember until that? you stop. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember, I, I remember this, but why? I'm just quoting Shredder. <laughs> why not quote Shredder on a Sunday evening as we record? <laughs> all right. That's all I have to say about that. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Like what you like. You don't have to love Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but I'm just telling you the reason that you hear people saying that maybe they don't get it or it's not hitting them the way Pandora did is because you have to do it differently. That's all. Yeah. I that's, agree. That's my tagline for the day. All right. Anything else before we wrap up the show? I'm good. Nope. Good. Good, good all around. Garrett's having a nap. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate your friendships. We appreciate all of the interaction on social media. Continue to do that, please. At Morning Monorail on Twitter. Monday Morning Monorail on the Instagram, on the YouTube, on the Facebook. And send us emails, mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. And you can call our voicemail, 407-917-2144. Garrett, what is your parting statement for the day? Good night. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Well... It's been awesome. We will talk to you all next time. Until then, have a magical week. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. And may the force be with you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon.